Hey everybody, thanks for coming to this episode of Music, the Bed of Life. I'm your host, Anthony Simuel, and today we have another fantastic guest that I am humbled and honored to call a friend, and he is also just a pretty fantastic person, not to mention talented. So I asked him what his band's name was when he travels with Sister Sledge, but he couldn't give me a name because I guess they just travel as Sister Sledge featuring Sledgendary. So all I can give you is that, but um, he does play with several bands around the Phoenix area, one of them being the Static Dance Band, which is a top 40 band. He plays with Reminisce, which is an R&B band, and Lady J and No Drama, which is soul, R&B, uh, funk band. And he also plays for the Pilgrim Rest Church Band, which is where we're probably somewhere about to start. So, how are you doing this evening, Ira? I am doing awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were talking earlier about it being hot, but you yeah. just gave some, some wisdom there on how you think about hot. Yeah, you know, it, it, once you set your mind to, to something, it, it helps what you're about to encounter. So, like that mental preparation. Mm-hmm. Preparation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, me being born and raised in Phoenix, um, 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 I just know it's going to be hot. Yeah, so even yeah. though I complain, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's hot. You know, I'll still walk outside and do what I got to do and just accept the heat. Right. Because um, not much you can do about it. Yep. Yep. Until November. Yep. Mm, right. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and honestly, you know, just keeping yourself hydrated. I mean, it, it, other than that, heat is not going to kill you. It may be uncomfortable but it's it's not gonna kill me i was <laughs> i was um uh working at fry's grocery store uh back on the hottest day the record breaking of phoenix arizona 124 yeah i remember that day and i was um pulling in carts at the time and as a teenager you know i knew it was hot but i was just like after a certain temperature, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you're baking or you're not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's I, true. I really can't honestly feel the difference between 118 and 124. No. Yeah. <laughs> not at that point. Uh-uh. I'm more like at 115 and over. I'm good up to 106. But, yeah. Um, so you you grew up here in Phoenix. So yeah. let's go back to your younger, younger like childhood toddler kind of days i always want to ask my guests when do you feel your first recollection of you hearing music might have been whether you were actually listening or you just heard it in the background um growing up in a very strict household um we were only able to listen to gospel music and so um, I had a real drive and desire for 
uh, funk. And so I used to sneak to listen to second mm-hmm. music, <laughs> like Cool and the Gang and Earth, Wind and Fire. Mm-hmm. But Do you when know I, what age that was? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's probably like around nine, eight, okay, ten. I remember having the um, the forty five inch record mm-hmm. <laughs> of Cool the Gang, Ladies Night. Yeah, and um, a friend of mine at school, grade school, gave me that record, and and my mom got a hold of it and mm-hmm. took it from me mm-hmm. and put it on top of the refrigerator, and I went <laughs> and grabbed it. <laughs> but I um. You know, it was just in me when I would hear, even in gospel music, when I would listen to Commission or the Winings or certain gospel music, um, when I heard, you know, the funk, you know, I, I just, I was just, I, 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 I was driven to it. And so, um, and it has not stopped. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm listening to music um, and I hear a, a funk element, and it is just it grabs me. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I have to say, it's what God put in me, mm-hmm. and that's what I chase after. You know, <clears throat> it's what I desire um, to hear and feel. It's just that strong pocket mm-hmm. sitting, just strong bass and drum pocket, just does something to my soul. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I see it in you right now. <laughs> Y'all can't see him, but he is just, he's just, just his, his, his body is just twitching and turning all over. He's making them ugly funk faces. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, music does different things for, for everybody. Yeah. And so on. So, yeah, as a, at a young age, it's, um, I was driven to real strong bass and drum groove. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know where it came from. I think it was just, maybe God put it in me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm, that's what I really believe. He put it in me. And so that's what I, that's what I gravitate to. That's what I chase. Even when I'm out playing with different bands around town in Phoenix or traveling with Sister Sledge featuring Legendary. Um, I get excited when we get into a real mm-hmm. lock, bass and drum groove. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a kid in a candy store for me. Well, I got something for you. Then. <laughs> I got something for you. All right. We'll we'll save that for just a little later. But um, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Let's do something right now. Let's let's let y'all hear a little bit of Mr. Ira. Oh Lord Jesus. Let's let hear it. What you don't bring up? Maybe. Let's see. Recognize that? A little bit of playing on stage in front of how many people would that have been in front of? Uh, who knows that it, it, the numbers it varies from ten thousand, five thousand, fifteen thousand, maybe. Wow. See, and uh, and one thing I noticed about that, and one thing I always notice about your playing, is it's just solid. 
solid in rhythm, in time. Where do you get oh. that from? My desire to uh, try to emulate funk. Funk, there's a lot of solidness. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, playing your part, staying with your part, mm -hmm. and not deviating from your part. And the groove. Yeah, the groove. Mm -hmm. You know, the drummer has a responsibility, the bass has a responsibility, and they're, they're lining up with each other, not overlap, not, <clears throat> not, um, over talking, I should say, because I, I, I've heard, and I actually have to probably agree that you know when you're playing your instrument, you're, you're conversing, yeah, with, with the other instrument. Oh, absolutely. We were having that conversation earlier about you um, when you played on my tune, how you were feeling like you didn't want to over yeah. energize it, yeah, but it was unfortunate. You had, um, during, due to scheduling, we had to bring you in first. So you were the one that laid your track down first with nothing else to go by. Right, right. But, but still, you still had in you that solid tempo with no help from the bass, yeah. no help from anything else other than a click track. And, and I can tell you right now, after working with click tracks for a while, it's not always the easiest thing to stay on tempo, even if you have a click track. Nah. But you seem to stay <laughs> just extremely solid. Nah, yeah. It, um, and that only comes from playing with a click track a lot mm. um, at church. And then I voluntarily do it on my gigs because I got tired of um, when people would video different gigs that I'm playing on and they would post it and I can hear the tempo fluctuation mm -hmm. um, just like um, a person who's playing keys or bass playing notes they can hear the sharpness or the flatness I can hear the tempo fluctuation I got tired of hearing that on myself so I made it a point to where um, I would have to say 98% of my gigs I'm playing with a click mm -hmm just so that timing is consistent. It's still hard to do, yeah. even when you're playing with a click. Especially with that last fill you just did. <laughs> you know, that's not something that the click track's really gonna dictate. You start that and you gotta finish it in tempo. And I'm actually playing with a click track hmm. during that solo, um, voluntarily, because I, again, um, a drummer knows and can feel the tempo fluctuation mm -hmm. more so than the average person who's a vocalist or, you know, who's just listening on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a statement here. I might make up something here. It sounds, you know, some people have perfect pitch. It sounds like you have perfect tempo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't so, know if there is such a thing. Right. Um, I used to think that I did. But when you start playing with a metronome or something that keeps time, mm -hmm. it'll really put you in your place quick. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, before playing with a metronome or something that keeps timing, 
my tempo wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that bad. But, um, yeah, when you start integrating the uh, something that, that's, that's more consistent, because um, <clears throat> everybody has an internal clock. And um, how often you use that internal clock is, is going to de- determine um, when you are not playing with a metronome, um, your internal clock kicks in and it's going to remember, okay, the consistency of what you taught it. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Um, uh, yeah, the consistency of what you taught it. And so, um, you know, growing up liking a strong groove and feeling a strong groove and the consistency between the bass and drums, um, just it was just always resonated in my soul. Mm. And so I would like to um, <clears throat> emulate that and, and try to duplicate that. And so my timing wasn't that bad, but, you know, just like anything else, you know, you can always be better at something. Right. And so, yeah. And so, um, playing with a metronome, you know, at church, um, really, really, really helped. So what age did you start playing in church? Um, uh, I think my early teens, I was playing in the Apostolic Pentecostal Church. And at that time, um, we didn't use any type of drum machine, click track, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you play with whatever the singer started off, the mm-hmm. temple the singer started off at. Right. Um, I moved from there to um, Pilgrim Rest um, because I wanted more. At, at the first church, I was just playing with drums and organ. I wanted a little bit more. And so... Um, Moved from there to Pilgrim Rest, where I was playing with a full band, horns, guitar, bass, ox keys, and band keys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also adding the um, the MPC, the um, drum machine. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> I know that little drum machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that actually um, really, really helped me to take my, um, what I was trying to um, accomplished to the next level mm-hmm. uh, with my playing, and um, that really, really helped me a lot. So let's move you through, and actually, you still play with the church. Yes. So after, if that's like your teens, when did you start? Did you want more than just playing at church? Like, how did you get out into quote unquote the scene? Because you've got four groups you play with um, outside of Pilgrim Rest, and that didn't yeah. just happen. Did, were you looking for this, or that's was a, music just that drive? You had to have it. That's an absolute great question. Um, <clears throat> the all these opportunities came to me, so I have to say um, that God opened the door for me. To start playing smooth jazz and doing R&B um, outside of gospel. And so I didn't go seeking for it, but the opportunities came to me, just like the opportunity came to me um, with playing with 
sledge. Um, yeah, I'm, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> the opportunity came to me, and so um, I don't. I used to believe in accidents, but I don't anymore. There's never an accident anymore, and so things happen for a reason. And so um, um, when those doors open, my first gig outside of church was a smooth jazz gig at um, a place at the Arizona Biltmore called Oscar Taylor's on 24th Street and, ba- and Camelback. Mm-hmm. And it was with uh, prominent Dominic Amato mm-hmm. uh, and uh, his smooth jazz band and so on. Um, okay, so how, how did, how did the, you didn't just walk in the door and Dominic said, hey man, play drums for me. How did that happen? How did that come about? Right. So <laughs> <laughs> the whole industry is a who you know. Uh-huh. You can be as talented as you, you want to be, but if nobody knows you, you're not going to get called. Right. And um, I realized that. And, and so <clears throat> Dominic knew somebody who knew me. And um, because at the time, me and Dominic didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, so who you know. <laughs> and so Dom, Dominic Amato knew somebody who knew me. And, and, and um, that's how we connected through a mutual friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so and that's how I connected with playing with Sledge, a mutual friend. The, the music director at that time um, knew me. And they needed a drummer, and so he called me. So, um, was was that a fill in, or did was the the call? Hey, we got a touring gig. Right, and you will be going on tour. This is not a two week right. fill in. Somebody sick kind of deal. Right, no, it wasn't a fill in. It was a call that said, "Hey, would you like to play for Sister Slash? <laughs> not would you like." to sub or fill mm-hmm. in for a few months. Right. Um, and so that is how that happened. And so um, your skills do play a part, obviously, mm. because if a person don't think you're capable, they're not gonna call you, but more so relationship um, with somebody will um, get you far. Yeah. Yeah. It gets you very far. It's so reap what you sow kind of deal. Uh-huh. You, you start making those network connections and uh, just getting yourself out there by playing out there because mm-hmm. you can't be heard, like you said, if nobody sees you. And, keep, and keeping a great attitude um, because people want to put their name on you. Um, if you have a great attitude and your, your professionalism, Mm-hmm. Is is top notch, meaning showing up on time, knowing the music, um, not acting a fool, not smelling like weed. <laughs> um, so you know, people want they don't want to have to babysit you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they hire you or, or suggest you, they don't they don't want to babysit you. They want you to show up and. Uh, being self-contained, meaning um, having everything that you need for your instrument, um, having the mature, the mature level mm-hmm. of um, being on time, uh, looking the part, acting the part, um, and sounding the part. Mm. And so, 
when you keep those things consistent, um, people are always watching. I've learned this over the years, mm-hmm. um, which I'm probably deviating from. But, you know, you can have all kinds of chops and great licks all day long. But what's more important to people is, is, is can they depend on you? Mm-hmm. Can they trust you to be there and, and do a good job in every um, category of the job? Right. Um, meaning look, the sound, mm-hmm. um, how you're acting, how you treat people. Um, yeah. And one perfect example of that, after, um, right, actually maybe you were still there, after you tuned the drums at our session, and I can tell you those drums probably hadn't been tuned in a little while, but mm-hmm. by the time you were done with them, the comment that came out of Sam, the engineer, was, man, he's making those drums sound good. Wow. Yeah. You know, you came it in, is. you did what you know you needed to do, like you said. And it was a, it was, it was a struggle, you know, working with some old heads. <laughs> 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 working, but you, you do the best that you can do with, um, with what you have to work with. So if you're working with some old drum heads, you tune the best that you can. You use duct tape to kind of... <laughs> Deaden it a little bit. If you don't have any moon gel <sighs> to kind of get the, the tone that, you know, the best tone that you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't profess to be the best drum tuner. I, I tune to what sounds great to my ears. Yeah. Um, it just happened to sound really good to my ears, too. Uh, I don't know how that worked out, right? <laughs> See, read what you saw. Either you that. learned what a good sound sounds like. That's why you knew where to put them. Well, you know, either that or you're deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> either that or you're deaf or drunk or high or something. <laughs> I'm high on this vitamin water. It's right. killing me, man. Uh, you, you were asked to go to, to play with Sister Sledge, but you're maintaining these other groups. So how does that come about? I mean, it sounds like, and, and first of all, let me ask you, this is all you do, right? Is perform, you're, you're a musician full time. Yes, it is. It is all I do. And it's, blowing my mind um and you know um i don't put what i desire my god on anybody else but but god has set it to where i can't give glory to myself i have to give it all to him because of um i didn't see this coming i didn't plan for it um i didn't schedule it um it came out of nowhere and that was 
nobody but the hands of God that opened the door that provided for me to do something that I didn't even see being possible. So as a little child, you had no inkling of playing drums or I had any instrument? I didn't even see it being possible, playing drums, providing for me as a living. Mm. I did not see that being possible. Uh, <clears throat> I was working for Intel, you know. There you great go. benefits, you know, great job, just wasn't 100% happy, mm-hmm. but it was taking care of me and my family at the time. And so, um, you know, I was just willing to do what I needed to do to take care of my family. And I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even plan or even sit and contemplate doing music full time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just automatically thought it was impossible to do drums and have that um, take care of me and my family financially. Well, what stopped you? I mean, you were playing, I'm guessing, while you were working at Intel. I was. I was. And you you probably thought you were fairly good. And I'm not saying that to say, you know, you're all full of yourself. I'm just saying, you know, when you when you have a certain level of talent. Well, you know, what stopped me was I was playing music part time and and that just wasn't equaling out to the money I was making with Intel. So Mm. that automatically I was like, yeah. I can't do this for a living. Okay, yeah, right. I can't do this for a living because it's not, it's not, you know, it's not meeting the financial needs mm-hmm. that Intel was giving me. Um, and so, yeah, that just threw that out the window. Right. Like, yeah, 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 music, yeah, playing music, you know. But again, for some reason, after Intel laid me off after 13 years, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, okay, God, what we going to do? <laughs> what we going to do? It's funny how those layoffs do that. Uh, you, you, they kind of they force your hand at that point. I was going to say they kind of push you into, or rather, life. I would say God, but some people would say life will push you into those uncomfortable moments to prove to you that you can do something that you didn't think was possible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so it let me know I can't put God in the box. <laughs> <laughs> let him out and let him take care of it, huh? Man, and this, you know, um, there is, and I'm going to say this humbly, there is no growth in the comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I um, I'm probably not the only one to say this, but I, I like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't like to be unsure and, and nervous about and not, you know, being a man. We want to be sure and, and know what we're about to do, or what to expect. And mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable for a man to be in a position um of 
uncertainty or not able to provide not able to provide and 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 you know my relationship with god that's not the way it works mm -hmm. god is like i need you fully dependent on me and i'm like mm -hmm. okay god <laughs> <laughs> like, all, right, all right all right go ahead and make me nervous like that <laughs> but the, it's so true you don't grow unless you're stretching you're not stretching when you're comfortable that's that is one of the I guess that's one of the things that probably stopped you and made you think, well, there's no way I can replace this income. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Cuz that would have threw you dead into the waters of uncomfortability. Oh, man. And um I'm trying to train myself. Lord, jeez, I'm being careful with saying this. <laughs> I I want to trying to train myself to be um, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. And, um, uh, yeah, so that anytime I'm uncomfortable, it doesn't, it doesn't shake my foundation, mm -hmm. if you will. <clears throat> so, so you're playing, let me ask you then, what makes you uncomfortable? Because you're playing with three bands, you're playing in church, you're playing with Sister Sledge, Sounds like you should be pretty comfortable right about now. So what's still throwing you out of your comfortable comf comfort zone music-wise? Um, so I'm, I've learned to put a lot of trust in God. But what throws me out of my comfort zone is trying things that I don't normally do, like... Um, Odd timing um, rhythms. Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> most of the music that I play is in even 4-4 four, four time. Mm -hmm. You know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2. Mm -hmm. and, and so a lot of uh, gigs that I play require that. It does not require odd timing. No five eight for you. No five eight. <laughs> no, you know, a little bit of six eight, but not much. Mm -hmm. um, even that's semi. -even. Yeah, <clears throat> and so you know, um, I'm not having to play that or practice that often. Um, but I actually like the challenge when I'm on a gig and they want to do a song that's in six or a song that's in five. Or three, um, I like that challenge. Does three four bother you? Um, Waltz type key signature? Not really. Actually, I love that Waltz. You know, three four. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? A lot of people don't know or realize. A lot of that is in gospel music. Gospel music is probably the only genre that has um, uh, R&B, pop, rock, odd time. Uh, that 3-4 you just mentioned, mm -hmm. I remember an old hymn I used to play in church that had that 3. Which was? Uh, um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you remember it? <laughs> um, 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 uh, Oh my God! No, I can't. I'm having a brain fart. Don't you hate it when it, you get put out the spot? Yeah, you, you'll walk out the door and you'll. Know and I remember it. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
It's funny, my parents used to keep me from listening to sex music, but they didn't know that a lot of uh, the secular music had gospel influence. Oh yeah. A lot. Yeah. And and you know, Sam Cook, my my dad <laughs> he used to sing um, Sam Cook songs and that same vibe, that same um, would be in church as a kid, I would hear and I hear the resemblance and I'm like this ain't nothing but what we, you know, y'all trying to keep me from listening to this, and it, 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 it's sounding the same in church. <clears throat> but ignorantly, they didn't know. Yeah. Because they didn't listen to second music, so they didn't understand that, yeah, I'm, I'm the same music that I'm trying to keep my child from listening to. We, we playing in church. Said if I could just touch the hem of his garment. I know I'll be made whole And won't she spend her money Here and there Until she had no Had no more so, to spare So, you know, that odd time it, it, I'm used to playing that mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to, as I'm talking I'm trying to think of some of the hymns That we played in church um, That had um, those Odd time, but I, I'm just having a brain fart. So that's all right. We, we can yeah. edit it in if we have to. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they. Lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night. That was. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so it'll come later. Yeah, we'll catch okay. it later. Rest assured, if, I, if you figure it out, we're going to drop it in. Uh, and and, and I, if I'm messing, with, messing around with Tony. <laughs> You're going to do it. You're going to keep your word. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are going to keep your word. So, I'm just, um, like I said, I, I am at the beginning, at the intro, I said I was humbled by you being here and talking with me and, and playing on my tune because after getting to know you over the, these few years that I have known you, I can honestly say you're just one of the most humble guys I ever have met. And being that person, I know you just don't, I don't think you realize how good you are. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's subjectional. You know, and you're your worst critic. You, that's true. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with that. Because if you start comparing yourself, if I compared myself with, I'm in the flute choir, right? So we've got our community group, which is non-audition. Then we've got the Monday group, which is audition. Okay. If I compare myself with them, I'd stop playing. Because I I used to, because what gets me is I used to play that good. But my consistency of keeping on training and all of that was not 
it was simply not what they do. So yeah. they continued being, you know, yeah. making themselves better and better and better. I it, can compare me to me, like you said. Yeah, if it wasn't for me hearing, you know, don't compare yourself. You know, we all have to start from somewhere and we all have to grow. Um, I probably would have tapped out a long time ago um, because it's so, it's overwhelming the amount of awesome musicians that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, but I thank God that the, the mindset that I have, I'm able to just separate respect and admire another musician, but stay in my lane mm -hmm. yeah. and improve me in what I'm doing. Um, and that's what has really helped me to continue to go because <clears throat> the talent that's out here can depress you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and coming from you, that's, that's, you know, that's some, some high praise for that talent. It's, it, it, Just saying. It can, it can depress you. And so, but, um, I, I, you know, again, I'm grateful that there's a, there's a, a, a circuit for all of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a circuit for all of it. Yes, exactly. I can stay in my lane and still be um, uh, caught up because somebody's going to like the way I play my style. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm pointing to myself. <laughs> and that's exactly why you got called up. Because I just really like your style. And, and Sam liked your style, too, the engineer. Um, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. God, God, God bless both of y'all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be calling you up again at some point when he needs a drummer that's uh, solid and, yeah. uh, you know, right on it. Um, so what's some of the influences? Who may have been someone that influenced your style? And I don't, I don't know that there is, but I'm asking. Oh yeah, there's many influences, especially um, only being able to listen to gospel music growing up. Um, uh, there was a, a gospel drummer about it, Bill Maxwell, um, Caucasian guy that had a groove that was out of this world. Hmm. He played on Andre Crouch, um, a gospel artist that passed away. Um, I think he played on some whinings. Bill Maxwell, um, uh, oh my God, um, Joel, um, what's his name? Guy that played for the, the Hawkins gospel group. Mm -hmm. And so, so a lot of influences. Um, most of it came from gospel drummers, um, a lot, and so, um, and then it just led into the, uh, like I said, the, the Stevie guy, the mm -hmm. Vinnie Carter, the, the Dennis Chambers, the Steve Smith. Um, <clears throat> and so from then on, it just built from there. And um, I kind of felt like I was late in the game, you know. Mm -hmm. All my other drummers was talking about these drummers, and I'm like, who the, who, who's that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so did you feel like you were behind on the music uh, 
Oh, categories so much. too. Oh, like, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The genres. <laughs> Yellow jackets. Yellow oh, jackets. I was so behind you know compared to my my peers you know they was already hipped on the yellow jackets and some of these other um instrumental jazz groups um but and i kind of felt some type of way but then i realized that things happen for a reason mm -hmm. and so i no longer um felt regretful but just started to build from where I got introduced to certain people and just went from there and started to uh, be influenced and inspired by their playing. Um, you know, like I said, I felt late in the game by being turned on by these musicians and hurt my hand caught and it's just... <laughs> You are, yeah, they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. But things happen for a reason, and so I'm, I'm grateful. Now I can say I'm grateful um, that even though I didn't get turned on to these artists at six, seven, eight, like some of my peers were turned on, mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm, there's a reason, and I'm grateful for it, and I am who I am right now. Oh, that's a good transition. Yeah. Sit back and relax. I'm going to play you who you are right now. Take this out. Let's take this. Come on, Ira. Come on, Ira. Come on, Ira. What'd you guys think? Wow, this is that's all right. Take you back. Oh, yeah. Definitely. tell you um, that is what you call solid that's that's who you are right now that that character right there on that tune playing those drums that's growth and I, I remember that <clears throat> I remember that and you know the absolute fabulous thing that I can say about that is I do not play the same which is a good thing yeah it I don't is. play the same. I, I, I play differently because we should be always growing. Mm -hmm. And um, although I respect and I'm grateful for that moment, um, I thank God for the growth inside of me that um, I think differently when I'm behind the set. And, that's, um, that's interesting. Come on, put some detail to that. What, yeah, what, what I, makes you think differently? What have you been doing differently? My approach to... Um, to any tune. Now I care more, even more about the tune itself mm -hmm. versus me trying to shine. But that was your moment. That was my moment, yeah. And um, 
I now have um, more experience, a little bit more of a vocabulary, and and um, you know I look I listen to that now, and part of me is like yeah, I would have did something different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe I heard those words in our session. Oh yeah, <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> yeah. I would have, I would have did something different. <laughs> and, and you know, again, I'm, I'm steady pursuing getting to a place of just being okay mm-hmm. with things, and that's that's that's, that's kind of challenging because, um, especially when you when you're your worst critic. Mm. Um, but, you know, that, that is a good thing because you say you want to get to where you're okay with things. I, I understand what you mean when you're not okay. Like we were, and actually, let's go there. You were saying earlier before we started that um, you have a different definition of what sounds, of what you think sounded good on my tune than right. maybe what I had. So. If you had the chance to play what you wanted to play, right, which you would have if you'd have said something, I, right, we have takes, so we, you can always put it down. What I, w- I what would did. that have been? Less, less, yeah. Um, going from the verse to a chorus, mm-hmm. or from a chorus to a bridge. Um, for a drummer, usually the drummer is setting that up, mm-hmm. letting <clears throat> the listener know a change is about to happen or something different is about to take place. Um, setting that up, and so I would have did my setups in your song. I would have did something different, not so much of it standing out there, but more more subtle. Um, because I'm listening to you guys, and you guys are just so smooth and 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 laid back, and I'm I'm doing these these strong setups to the next section of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you you know that we you did your track first, so you didn't right hear right right right, right, right ahead yeah. of time, <clears throat> so you didn't have that reference to go by. True, true. So yeah. much. I mean, you did have a a, a reference song, but right. still not. Anything like what actually ended up being played. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm also learning. Oh my God, it's just so much that could be talked about. I'm also learning not to be so critical of myself because I've learned when you're critical of yourself, you're critical of other people. Mm-hmm. When you give yourself grace mm-hmm. and mercy, space to just be you, you will give that same thing to other people. And I, and I, I learned that, and I experienced that, um, and so now I make it a point not to be so critical of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm listening to somebody else, I'm not critical of them. I'm, I'm enjoying, respecting what they have to offer, and not ripping apart. Oh, you know, he he he, he didn't do that right. He didn't do that flam right. You know, he, that 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 role or that, you know, and I, I, ugh. That yeah, it's it's it becomes too much when you are tearing apart yourself and, and trying to be quote unquote perfect. perfect right. Yeah, 
perfect and 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 um before he passed away um Ricky Lawson um I got a chance to meet him at a um a gospel brunch in LA playing with Dominic Amato and he was in in attendance sitting there eating breakfast listening to us mm-hmm. and when you look at Ricky Lawson, this cat um, didn't have a, or didn't exhibit a whole lot of vocabulary, but he stayed busy doing a lot of pocket and doing what, playing with uh, Michael Jackson, um, I think Yellow Jackson he started off with. Um, <clears throat> and on the break, he called me over to his table and I had this hat on and and he encouraged me in a way that I didn't see coming. Meaning he said, number one, you're a handsome looking dude. You don't have to wear a hat. You know, at first I thought I was like, man, this dude gay or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but no, he wasn't. He was just encouraging me. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that he liked my playing and my style. And I wasn't doing anything extra. I was just keeping the groove. Mm-hmm. And for for me, for somebody of his stature to, to compliment that, said a whole lot to me. Mm-hmm. Like people of his status is they're not looking for chops. Right. They are not looking for that. They're yeah. looking for can you keep the groove? Can you make it feel good? Mm-hmm. Can you compliment everybody else? And um that actually, that is a very memorable moment for me, um, meeting him and receiving those accolades from him when I wasn't doing, in my opinion, nothing, just keeping the groove. Mm-hmm. But now I understand, Ira, you can receive those accolades from somebody of his status when you were just keeping the groove, then, then let that tell you something you don't have to be on a gig doing all these chops and Mm -hmm. trying to make yourself shine trying to make uh, a name for yourself by you know proving yourself by doing a lick and doing you know just respect the song by playing the song Mm -hmm. you know there would be a small element that you will add um, to a song playing it live but not too much Mm-hmm. Not too much. Um, but that Subtlety. really, yeah. <clears throat> um, a friend of mine told me a long time ago, it's not what you do, it's what you don't do. Mm. Man, that, that, I had to sit on that comment for like a while before it really resonated to me. It's not what you do, it's what you don't do. Yeah. Um, we, we get that same thing in, in like mixing a tune down or EQing certain parts of the tune. It's not, wow, we need to boost here. No, you might need to take out here so that that frequency is now open for something else to fill it okay. so you can hear it. So, yeah, subtlety, yeah, basically. Subtlety. And so um, <clears throat> to know what not to do, you have to be listening to what's out there. You have to listen to, to, to what's out there and... And um, it's crazy. I've always wanted to be different. 
I never want to be like anybody else. Mm. Never. But I find myself struggling, you know, getting on the drum right behind somebody incredible Mm -hmm. and trying to do some incredible, fantastic stuff. And and then after afterwards, I'm going. I should have just been myself. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes, definitely. Because yourself is like we heard. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, at at at, at forty nine, about to be fifty next year, I'm still learning. Yeah, to we just are. be myself. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so who who who's ever listening to this? If you're young, um, you will never stop learning. Um, to just be yourself. I think in this day and time, when you are successful with being yourself and not be encouraged to be somebody else you are um being successful Mm -hmm. i guess no you you you, you're you're succeeding i should say because in this day and time there's so many things that's happening in this world that encourages you to change who you are to be somebody else tell me about it (laughs) and it's 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 nerve-wracking because <clears throat> I can't be you, Tony. Right. You know, if you play drums, I can try to emulate what you do, but I can't be you mm-hmm. to be me. Yeah. And that's what makes you unique. You just be you because nobody else can do that. Yeah. So just by being you, you're being unique. And, and like I said, you're succeeding in life when you can just stay consistently with just being yourself that is an accomplishment by itself i was just gonna say it's not it's not easy oh my you, god there's so many pressures yeah. outside oh yeah. trying to pull you this way and this and, and as a young kid that's called peer pressure yeah <clears throat> absolutely absolutely heavy and then, peer pressure when you're a kid and absolutely and then you know you, it's all over social media you see something fantastic oh, yeah. you see some something uh, uh, amazing, and everybody's going going off in the comments. Oh my God, that was so amazing! <laughs> and you think now that that's what people want, you know? And that's just a portion of. Yeah, I was just gonna say, uh, there's a friend of mine that said it so well. It's like Facebook are the highlights of your life. So gotcha. you throwing all this stuff, and I went here, I went there, right. and I went here. It's like, oh, I want to be them. I want to go right, here. Right, go right, right. They didn't tell you they came home and had to take care of grandfather who's taking care of grandmother mm-hmm. who's, you know, in hospice. And, yeah. you know, that's not the stuff they post. It's the highlights of life. It's, it's, you man. just got to be yourself. You got to, yeah. It takes, it takes boldness and courage to post your not so great moments. Mm. Oh yeah, sure does. <laughs> um, and you have to be confident in yourself um, to post those things and not really care too much about people's opinion. And so um, there's a battle. Social media will influence you to post all your great moments. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it's doing. Influencing you to post. That's another great way to put it. Post your greatest moments, and 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 that's not even reality. Yeah. It's not. Sometimes it's not reality. It's, 
we're we're getting deep now I don't, right 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 yeah. before we go too far down the 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 psychological and and all the other theoretical right. logicals that there are out there we're going to get ourselves in trouble right actually, right though. Well, i you tell know, you i appreciate you opening up like this because that's what you get when you Ask Ira King to interview. I, <laughs> That's right. We want to. We want to hear. I'm gonna be honest, open, and I don't um, mean to go a certain direction. But sometimes it's just where my heart goes. Hey, and that's fine. That is absolutely fine. That's where it went. That's that was good. Um, I want to ask you about music in terms of the podcast, which is music, the bed of life. Which means, no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, music finds its way to your ears. Right? It's always the undertone of something. A movie, a TV show, uh, somebody's radio in the window that's wide open, blasting out when you're walking down the walkway. Or somebody's car stereo are coming through. Um, music for you. What does music at the bed of life mean to you? Mm. Music at the bed of life. Um, and I can ask it a different way, too, which would be, what do you think your life would be like and or could you live without music? <clears throat> very bland. Very, very extremely bland. I didn't... Music is um, universal communication. You know, you playing music, you know, we can all understand that. Um, music without life, without music, that that's that's that's. Mm. That's a tough one. Huh? Music, music is a. <laughs> I want to be careful with saying that when music is a large part of life, I will, like everything that that music is being used, even when we shop, music is being used. Um, it's like music unconsciously soothes our souls when we're not even thinking is doing it. It's, it's putting us in a certain mood. Um, and so that, 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 I can't imagine life without music. I can't, mm -hmm. I can not. That is absolutely, you, you, you've really got me stumped on that. <laughs> well, it's not a stumper. I mean, I'm not trying to stump you. Life, just... life without music will be, <clears throat> music gives so much life. Ooh. Music itself gives so much life. Music um, can take you out of depression. Music can put you in depression. Right. <laughs> um, music can motivate you, inspire you to do things in life that has nothing to do with music. Mm. <laughs> music, right. music, yeah, can, music can music um, can put you in a certain mood uh, uh, intimately. You know, with your significant other, girlfriend, or mm -hmm. music does so many things to the the five senses that we 
uh, Carrie. Yes. Um, so, music, life without music is, is, is it, I guess I can, <clears throat> for a lack of better, the closest I can equate that to is I've never been to Alaska. I'm told Alaska, there's weeks and months that they go, which is dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like six months. Um, that, I can see music, if I, if I had to do life without music, that would be like a, a visual um, mm. example of what it would be like, just, you're waking up and it's dark. That's interesting, that's very interesting. You're going through your day grocery shopping and it's dark, you, you finish your day and it's still dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> Music would be like that for me, like just, just nice. yeah. Just, even when I go to bed, I got music on. I wake up with music, and, you know. I'm riding around in my car with music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, music does more than to our inner man so than we think it does. And it does has a whole lot of influence on how we act mm-hmm. and our attitude. We don't realize that because not all the time what you're listening to um, at that moment will uh, reflect at that moment. Sometimes what you put in you won't come out until a week later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of probably too deep. Um, <laughs> but music has so much of a part to play in in life how we I don't want to say it but how we treat each other how we act it's true um, music, music can put like you said it puts you in a mood it puts you in so, a mood it can calm you down yeah, or it can uh, jack you up it can jack you the right kind of music can jack you up I remember being a teenager in high school going I used to listen to N.W.A. Um, West Coast music because that's um, from Arizona <clears throat> and I remember God bringing to my attention I'm going down the highway going to school and I'm listening to N.W.A. and the sound the feeling had me roll my seat back <laughs> put one arm on a steering wheel <laughs> <laughs> And like my 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 driver's seat was in the back seat <laughs> with my one arm on a steering wheel and, and you know and digging in the scene with that gangsterly yeah, it, <laughs> it put me in that mood like and I'm like oh shoot then I realized how music can affect you mm. yes it can it can affect you you know and you, you not know it initially yes indeed well that was that was well put. And I don't know. I, I want to ask you one more question. Do you sing? I don't consider myself a singer. I do. <clears throat> um, do I sing? Yes, but that's not just a a yes. Like I'm not a lead singer. Okay. But I am learning. I was saying 
by next year this time, I want to be able to be singing and leading songs. Um, leading a song and doing background vocals, we call it BGVs. Um, it's two different playing fields, two ball games, two beasts. So I do a lot more um, BGVs, background singing, mm-hmm. um, than I do leading. So when you say, do I sing? I mean, <laughs> technically, <laughs> yes. Let me, let but me, aren't you going to ask why I asked you that? I am not. <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm not a, a, a lead singer. <laughs> let me tell you. Sit back and listen to this one. <laughs> oh my god. That's me clowning around. Just playing. But you're gonna be leading the crowd doing that, right? Well, <laughs> I was, but we changed it up. And I'm glad we did, because I don't Tony, I'm not a I'm not a person that needs to be seen, that wanna be seen. Mm. I don't I, I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't I don't I'm not a showy, flashy person. Yeah. So I don't need to be seen. And so if I'm clowning around, I'm just clowning around for that moment, but But you had a nice voice there on that clowning around. Uh, That's what made me think about it. You know, so I grew up in church, obviously. Grew up in church singing in the choir. And so and my mom and my dad were singers. Mm. And they sung all in the house mm-hmm. almost every day. Um, and so I couldn't get away from it. You know, <clears throat> my brother and my sister are singers. My mom and dad are singers. So I couldn't get away from just, just singing, period. Sung a lot in church. Um, so singing, period, I couldn't get away from. But did I do a lot of lead singing? I didn't do a lot of lead singing. Mm. Yeah. Can I hold a note? Yes, I can hold a note. Okay. That's about all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to do lead no song. And, and, You're not going to be singing Thriller no time right, soon. Right, no. <laughs> no. But it's... Um, I've been doing a little bit more singing these days with the Reminisce Band and even with Lady J here in the Valley, mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona. So, um, you know, I grew up as a shy person, a shy child. Um, the older I've gotten, the more courage I've gotten, the more boldness I've gotten, plus the fact that I prayed and ask God to give me courage and boldness to, um, I kind of want to say that <clears throat> being afraid to do certain things growing up has kind of, I missed out on some things, but you know, things happen for a reason. So mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen is supposed to happen. So um, I now have more courage and boldness to do a little bit more in the music world, mm-hmm. uh, which part of that is singing. And so, and I've come out of um, caring what people think and how critical we are when we're listening to other singers. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of that. And, mm. man, I'm, 
kind of sad that it's taken 50 years, you know, but I guess better late than never. Better late than never, absolutely. You know, I'm about to be 50 and now I'm, now I have an attitude of don't care what you think, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. wish I had that attitude at 24. I feel like I would have done a lot more. A lot more, yeah, I understand that. But <clears throat> I was silly when I was little. I wish I was... I had something to guide me down certain paths a little better than the ones I took. Yeah, to, yeah. To, you know, we and, get to where we are today, and it is what it is. But but as long as, like you said, we learn and do better now. And I I I encourage any and everybody. You're around somebody who's critical. Get away from them mm. fast. Mm-hmm. Get far from them because. Um, you won't, all of the greats, Mal Davis, Herbie Hancock, all of these greats, they didn't get to where they are being critical. Mm. Well, those are fine parting words, and I think that's a good place to wrap this up. And we're going to do that by you telling us where we can find you when you are in town. Because we can't find you when you're overseas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't tell them where y'all end up. <laughs> I was going to say that, that there was a show that was happening in a week or two with Sister Sled, but unfortunately it got canceled. But Here? Yeah. Oh. There was a Sister Sled show that was going to happen um, next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. At the, the Bam Buren. I haven't been there yet. I've heard about it. The Bamburan in downtown Phoenix, mm-hmm. but unfortunately it got canceled. Um, where you can find me um, consistently is at Blue Martini with Reminisce from um, 9 p.m. to 11, 11.30. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been there for the last 10 years every Sunday um, playing at Blue Martini, and I'm, I'm grateful for that because I don't know any other venue that has lasted that long doing right. R&B music. And um, Dominic Amato is, is him and the general manager at the time started that. Oh, did they? 10 years ago, now 11 years ago. He's part owner in that? <clears throat> that no, uh, just... Dominic uh, just started Sunday night with oh. Jim Martin at the time. He was the general manager. Mm-hmm. Um, they started Sunday nights um, at Blue Martini, reminisce, and it's been going ever since. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Dom started that, and two years later he left. <laughs> he moved to Nashville. Yes, he did. And then um, I took over and was running the band for five years, and so that's where you can find me when I'm in town at Blue Martini. Um, but I bounce around sometimes at Char, sometimes at um, you say Char's? Char's, yeah. Okay. Char's. I, yeah, Char's. I always call it Char's. Yeah, Char's. So I, <laughs> short for Charlene. Ah, That's what Char-Mers. they told me, yeah. Okay. I, you know, many as many years as I've been here, I did not know that. Right. Char's on 7th Avenue and, and just south of Camelback. Yeah, Pearson, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I... I and that's which band? Uh, or did you just sit in? It... Was Lady J before the pandemic, um, but after the pandemic, um, 
sometimes with uh, uh, I'm there with different bands. So it's whenever I get a call. Sometimes there, sometimes at Womack, sometimes at um, well, Cock and Tail they close down. But um, but I'm also doing weddings and corporates. Yeah, but we can't town. see you there. Yeah, you can't see me there. So. Unless unless yeah. we wedding crash. So when's the next? Yeah. <laughs> Static band. Static band. Yeah, that's we used to do bars and clubs, but now we are exclusive to just doing corporates and weddings. Yeah. Okay. And of course, Sister Sledge featuring Legendary. Yeah, that's um. How often do you guys travel? It's definitely every year, every summer, because Europe has festivals going on every summer mm-hmm. all over Europe in the UK. Um, we'll have several days beginning the top of the year and then but a lot of our tour won't start until the middle of the year, June, May, June, July, August, September. Mm. And so on. And I was gonna, when you mentioned I, they were gonna do a show here, I was like, ah. So I would love to see them, although, are you going to be over there in December? Uh, over where? In the UK. Uh, England, to be precise. Possibly. <laughs> we do. Um, possibly. Sometimes in December we'll have a date or two over in the UK. Um, but I haven't me checked my schedule. Check my schedule. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that sounds anywhere. so right. <laughs> that sounds so. Oh my God! Let me just. No, it's not like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, like it's that. true. I mean, look how long it's taken for you and I to connect here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the schedule is the one that rules. You know. And you know it. It, it changes. It changes. It really does changes. That's why I understand that. <laughs> check the schedule because it's it, at the drop of a dime I could be out the next day I remember getting a call um, a France 10 city tour with Cool in the Game and Sister Sledge <clears throat> there was another band that was supposed to be part of the tour they couldn't make it so they brought in Sister Sledge I got the call on Tuesday to leave for three weeks and two days. I got the call on Tuesday to leave Thursday. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why I was saying the drop of dying, anything can happen. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Anything. And so at that time, I, my kids were with me. I had to make um, arrangements for my church gig. And, yeah, because you got to change all kinds of yeah. stuff when you weren't expecting to be leaving. Now, do they put your equipment is it all roadied, for lack of a better term? It's, or it, you have to pack all your stuff up and get it going? Oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, God, no. I have a hard time with my personal suitcases and <laughs> trying to carry drum equipment through the airport. Oh, no. That's, that's, no, so what happens is we have it backlined. So... <clears throat> uh, communication via email uh, with the agent they they will hire instruments or rent instruments 
already out there in the UK. Okay. And so we have what's called a writer, and we put everything on a writer of what we desire to have. Mm -hmm. What what name brand drum set, what um, we need a mixer, a fan, or a stand. And we have that back line so we don't have to carry all that. That would be horrible. I, that's what I was thinking. And the way that they uh, use or, or misuse luggage and oh the way God. that they handle luggage, mm -hmm. um, I couldn't. scary. Yeah. So the only thing I have to bring, well, the only thing I choose to bring or have to bring is my drumsticks. And I choose just to bring that. Um, I could bring a foot pedal and some cymbals, but it's, it's too much. Yeah. So thank you for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode of Music, The Bed of Life. I'm Anthony V. Simuel. We will see you on the next episode. Bye now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simuel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen.